All right, hey everyone, I'm Travis. And I'm Ryan. And I'm Brittany. Yes, with us today is Brittany Brown, and we are glad to have her on the podcast today. Uh, we have asked her here because we have a lot of important topics to cover, uh, a lot of conversation to be had, and we needed a Gen Z expert, and I could think of no one better than Absolutely. Brittany Brown. Yes. Absolutely. So yep. we are glad that you are here. Welcome, mm-hmm. Brittany. It's good All to right. It's good to, good have to be you. here. Good to be yes. here. Up for, up for grabs today. <laughs> We have so many things going on in the world. So, last week we covered the coronavirus, and yes. the coronavirus responded by taking over the world. And um, has shut down the NBA. And has shut down the NBA. <laughs> and March Madness. Yes. Uh, it has not canceled Walt Disney. Disney no. World still is open for the moment. Because that's where the magic happens. That's yeah. right. But, uh, but the, yeah, the NBA's out. Um, oh, NFL Draft is still happening, too. They were very clear that that yeah. does not matter. Las Vegas is... Going to keep rocking with the draft, but the but I heard today NHL has canceled yeah. practices. Well, today. they're yeah. on ice. It's cold. It's true. They like to hit each other in the mouth with sticks. I mean, <laughs> true. You know that That's one's true. That one could get canceled. I wouldn't miss it no matter what. Virus <laughs> or no virus, I wouldn't miss the NHL. Did you see, so the, did you see <laughs> with the, the NBA player who was diagnosed with the coronavirus? Yeah. Did you see a couple of days ago what he did after his post game conference? No, he was like sitting there and when he got up. He thought it'd be funny to like touch all the microphones and touch everywhere. <laughs> and now two days later, he has a coronavirus. Oh. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that, that joke didn't age that well. That joke did yeah. not age well no. at all. You know, it's it's important when you're in your times of pandemic to approach it with a sense of humor. That is, uh, yes. that's, yeah. that's still important. It's an American value, frankly. Yes. It's, it's something we actually inherited from Britain and we have retained is the ability to uh, just approach a, a sense of flippancy to to pretty much everything so yeah um which exactly is why this podcast exists basically uh, welcome to the wheat and the chaff the most flippant podcast about the most serious of things yes um we're we're like one step above south park <laughs> that's a good good line to tread that's it is a good, good line I think it's probably we don't not, go full south park not south we don't park, go full like live just... tropic thunder you never go full <laughs> south park <laughs> uh, so i think today what we're going to be talking about is um, we so have some Twitter. We we always have Twitter. We have some we have some current news. We we do have current news. What else do we have? Well, I think we're going to talk about after we talk about the Twitter and the current news, we're going to tie it into what should be the church's response to things like the coronavirus. We we hit on that last week a little bit. Yeah. And I think we're going to hit. We need to hit on it a little bit more because obviously it has grown exponentially since last week. Um, and with I will all point this out. I, I, I said this one in our staff meeting yesterday, and I said it in the sense of, again, good humor. Yeah. Poor taste, good humor, which is usually your my personal category yeah. of, of excellence, right? Poor taste, great humor. Um, someone did point out, and I shared this, that with the coronavirus season, if it overlaps into the next few weeks of like early-ish April, early mm-hmm. May even, we will have... A viral outbreak of Corona and Limes. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. That is good. Yes. You're welcome, listener. Because I would laugh hysterically. <laughs> that meme has been going wild on like middle-aged women's Facebook pages. It, I've seen that like at least twelve as times. As a middle, as a middle-aged woman, I yeah. share this and I it's a good one. It's a good one. I LOL'd. I LOL'd. So, so there you go. Who are, who are we going to start with today? 
Well, we're we in the coronavirus discussion, so, so let's start yeah. there, start. and we will come back to some other stuff, and then probably return to it because, like the coronavirus, it comes and it goes, and, it comes. and then it comes again, and it comes again. <laughs> so, first up, we'll be back today. in two weeks. That's right, exactly. <laughs> Actually, we we have been canceled. Um, so, as Travis is fighting, he, he's going to play a little clip for you. Um, but since this coronavirus, how did we turn into the soup? I don't know. I don't know. Somehow, somehow we have become a little bit of like the Christian version of the soup where we're just like, here's some clips we found and now we're going to make fun of them. We need Joel McHale on our we podcast. Do. I should reach out to him. We should. Let's get him You on. have a mission. He's a believer. Listen. He's a believer. He'd come on. Our <laughs> services are canceled this weekend. I apparently have nothing to do. So if, it, if, yes. you, if you don't have it, you know, I'll, I can. We are going to a daily podcast, to work on this. ladies and gentlemen. That's right. So That's right. We're exactly. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be moving to a daily format called the coronavirus and me today. Yes. Um, so, uh, since the coronavirus has happened, um, there has been responses from all sorts of different realms of society, and some of those responses are coming from the church and Christians. And so, um, one one response I saw recently was a mega church pastor in Cincinnati, and he did a whole video, and he basically said, um, you know, if you're not elderly or immune compromised, don't worry about it. And then he took a big swig of a Corona beer at the end of the end of the video mm. like that's that's probably not the greatest look there that on. might be baiting a little bit yeah like that's like that goes beyond poor taste and now you're just trolling yeah but I, your troll level is pretty high but like i, I get credit for the I troll think level as soon as it like kind of went viral and in a negative way it was taken down yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. They, they his church advisors probably said to see the elders not that is super a terrible excited idea. <laughs> like you need to take that down now did, so you know what here's my question is did he did he go to the pub because uh, it's in Ohio, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming, like, after it got taken down and his elders were all pissed off, that he probably went and, like, head, headed over to his local watering hole, sat down, and uh, he looks over, and there's that youth pastor who was wanting to get his youth group to crucify him. Oh, yeah. And I could just see them sitting there going, like, oh, you too, huh? Yeah, you too. Yeah. You made you made, you made a poor life choice? Yeah. Yeah. All right, here we go. Speaking of poor life choices, let's talk Kenneth Copeland. Yes, um, we should, because he's... Made tons of poor life choices. He's, he's made a few, <laughs> and this is one of them. Uh, so this this was on both Ryan and mine's top Twitter feed this morning. As soon as I opened, as soon it. as we opened Twitter, <laughs> I was confronted with the crazy eyes of Copeland looking at me. I think that me. says more about you two than about him in general. But let's let's see what he's got fair, to say. Fair it's enough. Impactful. That's a fair assessment. That's fair I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Uh, so just you know, we'll share the link. Uh, but just to give our listeners a bit of a setting here, the first thing that you see is. Copeland grinning at you with his outstretched hand, which glistens weirdly with, with for some reason. Something. There's some form he's, of substance. He's got some kind of liquid. Ryan thinks it's anointing oil. I think it's Purell, so that way he doesn't catch something from the camera. But Or a staff intern. But who knows? Brittany, what were your thoughts? Why would it glisten? I don't know. It could just be sweat. Like He's oh, putting a God. lot of emotion into that. And okay, I can I really think, feel it. I so actually think I... he's Botoxed enough that he doesn't sweat anymore. <laughs> Just, just to be clear, I personally, I don't Fair. know Copeland very well, but I've known Copeland's stuff for a really long time, and the man yeah, no longer ages. Okay. It, it no longer ages, so I don't. So if it's sweat, it's only pulling out of his hands because it can't come out anywhere else. Oh. There you go. Maybe, Maybe, he, has, that Maybe he has such anyway. an anointing of God that anointing oil just comes out of him. Mm. That's that's fair. I think mm. that's probably what it for is. For all you Copeland followers out there, we're sorry, but your man did nah, this. So anyway, he's reaching out to you. This is your man. He's put your hope in. <laughs> he's reaching out to you uh, in the way that, say, Emperor Palpatine would reach out to a young apprentice. Um, and and here we go. 
Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He received your healing. Yes. Now. Say it, I take it. I take it. We're I not sure it. who's talking in the it's background, mine. frankly. It's I have mine. no idea. It's just a, there's I no one visible. Maybe it's the camera guy. It could be the camera guy. And I forgive if I have aught against any. I forgive. And I praise you that I'm well and whole. I praise you that I'm well and whole. Yes. According to the word of God. According to the word of God. I'm healed. Yes. And I consider not my own body. Yes. Consider yes. not my own body. I consider not symptoms in my body. I consider not symptoms in my body. But all oh, other voices that. have joined. <laughs> or only that what the word has said. And by his stripes I was healed. And by his stripes I am healed now. I'm not the sick trying to get healed. I'm the healed and the devil's trying to give me the flu. Trained. Or whatever else kind of thing he's trying. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, that, number one, let's be frank, that only needed a good Jesus for it to be yeah. a fully bent, like that would have been a, a complete televangelist kind of presentation. I Listen, here's my take on it as as a former Copeland Knight. Copeland Knight. Copeland Knight. Copeland Knight. Mm. Yeah. So I grew up, I grew up, no, okay. but, but made that word up. I completely made it. That's why I couldn't figure out how to say okay. it correctly okay. is because okay. I was trying to, Make yep. it up on the way. That sounds right. The flag. Did fine. Sounds yep. right. But seriously, growing up, uh, I I read everything that Copeland wrote. I listened to everything that Copeland preached. I would watch him and I would follow him. Um, he was he was very influential. Sure. For for and again, that's that. partially you know Southern Charismatic Church. It was you know it was Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland. Uh, you know, the holy, holy and, and, holy um, Kenneths. oh, and I'm forgetting the other guy. Oh, Tilton. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have no idea who any of these people are. That's not necessarily a bad thing. And I, this yeah, is I not, don't yeah, you think, are, I think I've been spared. You might have been. You might have been. Our Gen Z expert here, Gen thankfully, has, has been, been uh, has been spared. Uh, it's like growing up with smoking restaurants. Remember, like, you used to go yeah. in and, like, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. you'd have the smoking section yeah. in the restaurant, and it was, like, it didn't matter where it was. The whole restaurant reeked of yeah. smoke. Yeah. Smoking or non-smoking. It's like, yeah, it's, like, yeah. <laughs> just whichever one will cling to me less. And, you or know. you go to a bowling alley, you don't wear your nice clothes. Yeah, yeah, because you know it's, like, you're just going to burn them when you got home. <laughs> um, you know, so, so there's some things that Gen Z has, has definitely had a fortunate pass on. This is one of them. You have not, you have not grown up uh, with, with Copeland and Tilton and Hagen and um, all these other guys. So as a, as a former Copeland, there's a part of me that that again, and we talked about this yes last week, which is it, I resonate with this idea of God who heals, um, the the spirit of God indwelling the believer in a way that allows your life to be more than ordinary, that allows you um, to experience the supernatural. I resonate with that. I believe in it. Sure, I still believe in it. As I've gotten older and as I think I've kind of maybe more matured in my views, some of this stuff is just nonsense. Yeah. That's not the word I was originally going to say, but but uh, I have nice I have a Gen Z expert here and, and we wouldn't want to offend the ears. Um, He's practicing self-control. I'm practicing a lot of self-control. The Holy Spirit has given this. Uh, no, but, but it's like I'm, I am, I'm both, I'm both you know, partial to it. And at the same time, it creeps me out now, especially when I see it being kind of pushed out there like a comment. I'm actually curious for someone who has never heard of Copeland, never seen Copeland. What are your takeaways, Brittany? Mm. 
Like, what is your first um, impression of that particular kind of video? First, it makes me physically uncomfortable. <laughs> like, it makes me want to go hand? wash my hands. Is it because of the glistening um, hand? Because the glistening hand, frankly, made me uncomfortable, just, too. Uh, the voice, the, like, intonation in his speech, it just, everything just physically makes me uncomfortable. Um, but also just that entire kind of generation or more, like, tele-evangelist, that kind of preaching. Yeah. Um... I never liked it. Oh, he's, okay. And you have to bring him back in. No. I just need, I just needed his laugh. His I just think. Ready? Heal and well. Yes. In the sweet name of Jesus. You gotta love that. Oh, there's the Jesus. I missed there he is. I think. There you go. I think believing that God is powerful um, and believing that God has the power to heal and to be present in our lives is different than believing that you fully understand and are able to utilize that power um, on television with, um, <laughs> you know, just using power poses and um, really, power really pose, weird, isn't it? yeah. Really so, weird poses. Yeah, with uncomfy this. with that, don't like that. Okay. I, will, um, I will endeavor, listen, if, if coronavirus cancels like the rest of my life here or for at least the next two weeks, I will endeavor, it's my promise to us all, especially those sitting on this table, I will endeavor to figure out how to take the rise of Skywalker <laughs> and towards the end there when Palpatine is like being yeah. connected to yeah. the to yeah. the machine he's just yeah. kind of like being whizzed around the room <laughs> I will attempt yes. I will attempt to find a way to bring Copeland into that yes. and just have him whiz around the super- anyway sorry I, is- I don't mean to no, we, no we, I digress that's, go for I it I feel like yeah that's kind of my thoughts it's weird it's uncomfy um I don't know who watches that seriously a lot of people there are a lot of which people is, that do kind of, of disturbing he's a, to he's me. He's a multi-millionaire. Oh, yeah. Because I think that undercuts the actual power of God and how we can understand that in our lives. Because the... Yeah. I don't know. I would rather... Yeah. I, I hear I hear Because here's the thing, like... Uh, and I was thinking about this while you are talking. Yeah. Uh, you know, we... As, you know, in our Bible studies at our church or, you know, on Sunday mornings or whatever, uh, recently one of the things I noticed about... And I forgot where we were or what book we were in or what it, what it was, but... If you look at like the Old Testament prophecies, and I think it was in Isaiah, you know, the prophecies that God would speak through Isaiah, Mm -hmm. he was speaking in past tense as though they're so sure to happen. It's like Mm -hmm. they already happened, Mm -hmm. right? And these are the promises of usually Jesus, like Mm -hmm. Jesus is coming, right? Your redemption is coming. All this stuff is coming. Not so much when it comes to necessarily everybody's going to be healed from physical ailments. Yeah. Will people be healed? Absolutely. <coughs> Did Jesus heal people? Absolutely. Did he heal everyone? No. Right. Yeah. Like, look, look at the look at the woman who was who was uh, suffered from the bleeding. Right. Right. She reached out to him and, and she's like, "If I could just touch his robe, I'll be healed." Right. And when Jesus felt her touch, he, he, he she touched his robe. He didn't, she didn't. He didn't. She didn't actually touch him. Mm-hmm. And he turned to her and goes, "Who touched me?" And his, what is, remember what his disciples said. They're like, what do you mean everybody's touching you? Right. Mm-hmm. All the, you, you tell me that the only person that needed to be healed was that woman? Right. There are, yeah. Or, there or are even the fact surely the others person. because they were touching him. They wanted to, they wanted to be healed. They wanted yep. this. They wanted that. Who knows what the reasons were, but there were surely people in that crowd touching Jesus who need to be healed. But only we know of. That right. woman that was healed. Well, I mean, I mean, think of the feeding of the five thousand and the feeding yeah. of the four thousand, right? So, in other words, at least several thousand were fed between a couple of different instances. And 
you know, it would be a hard argument to make that out of all those thousand that there was nobody there who had any issues yeah. or any kind of need of either a physical or, you know, some kind of illness or, or you know, someone's death in the family. Right? Like, and yet it was like Jesus's take on it seemed to be that the understanding that the kingdom of God was here was far more important. And preparing people to, to embrace a posture of repentance and, and ownership in the kingdom of God was far more important. It was like, so I mean, again, I mean, if we just simply read through the gospels, you know, the amount of physical healing miracles, and, and, and I say this as someone who believes in them, who, who has seen them, Absolutely. who has been part of not just simply a, a Christian culture or movement of charismatic or Pentecostal faith healing, but also just someone who has simply witnessed the power and presence of God in supernatural, unexplainable ways. So again, I'm with it. I'm there. But if we, if I'm, if I'm practical, the amount of, of healings that occur versus the amount of times Jesus talks about God's kingdom being present, coming, the need for repentance, and the need for preparation, it's just simply not, it's not on the same level. The focus of Christ is repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yeah. And then when people ask Jesus for, you know, you're talking about the feeding of the thousands, right? Of the yeah. 5,000. After he did that, they came to him again. They kept following him. And they said, you know, what kind of sign are you going to give us? And he's yeah. like, didn't I, I just give you one. Like, I just fed all of you. Yeah. And then he says, a wicked and adulterous generation has for a sign. So like, the only sign will be given to you is the sign of Jonah. Let, let's like, talk about that. Because I'm fascinated, right? And we've talked about this before. I've got a lot of friends having grown up in the charismatic culture um, and a lot of friends who not only continue to be, you know, in the Pentecostal charismatic movements, but have moved into kind of the hyper, you know, mystic, new mystic kind of yeah. movement part of it, right? There's a, there's a popular denomination. Well, it's popular. It's maybe not popular as a denomination, but it's a popular movement yes. that has spurned out. Yeah. And it's, it's referred to often as the Church of Jesus Christ with signs and wonders following. Okay, yeah. Right? Yep. And great Which name. is a great name. Great name. Yeah. Great. Listen. 10 it, out of 10. It really grows off the tongue. It yeah. looks fantastic on a logo. Yes. Um, but... The idea, and this is where a lot of times, you know, hyper-charismatic, uh, Bethel, mm-hmm. Elevation, um, several of these kind of movement churches that, that Copeland, these kind of guys, you know, they're looking at this idea of, you know, the kingdom of heaven is here because of the signs and the wonders that are experienced. And they point to the apostles post uh, Jesus's ascension. And they say, look, when Peter and John walked through here, this is what happened. When Paul and Silas walked through here, this is what happened. When the Spirit of God is present, signs and wonders follow. And they look at that as a as a true doctrine, uh, as a true teaching, and a true expectation of God's people. Is it? I guess is my question. Is I mean, it? I can get with that, but in kind of a different way. Like, if you stop and think for a second how confusing and miraculous just the idea of grace is that's pretty incredible like i don't need fireworks or like some sparkles to experience the presence of god i feel like we already have a lot of that just in the idea of forgiveness or unconditional love i think you're absolutely right i think there's a part of it that well ryan what are your thoughts on that then i'll show so i think you know um there's got to be i'm always about balance you know, because I'm a Jedi. Your <laughs> yellow, your yellow lightsaber <laughs> yes. shines bright. Yes, um, I'm always about balance. And so, if you swing the pendulum too far one way or the other, you're going to be out of balance, and it's you know you can go, yeah. you know, crazy. So to like, the dark if you side. If, if, yeah, you can go to the dark side. If you go swing 
too far away from like signs and wonders and the the, the right. then you then you end up with the, the cessationist church that believes yeah. in you go no movement of the spirit with the exception of like yeah. the fruit of the spirit you go fundamentalist and you get into legalism and things yeah. like that now if you go swinging too far the other way towards the signs and wonders then it takes the focus off what you're yeah. just saying jesus jesus is enough here's you know? my question then is Especially in those kind of movements. Because here's the thing. Is we're going to run into this. I mean, I don't know about, about you guys, but I know for my context, I mean, a lot of my network is pastors. A lot of my network are church people. Um, and since I come from a lot of different denominations and have worked in a lot of different denominations, I have a pretty high variety of them. A lot of them feel that, let's say, coronavirus, the response of the church needs to be one of don't give in to fear, declare the power of God, work in the supernatural, work in the, the, the signs and the wonders of, of your healing. Um, and I guess my, my question would be this. If we look at the words of Jesus, you know, it's to the adulterous and wicked generation that demands the sign. Not God's people. Mm-hmm. Right? And I feel yeah. like this is where it gets flipped, right? It's like if we look at sometimes the teachings of Bethel, if we look at a lot of the, the, the churches that kind of are built on the signs and wonders practice and principle, the signs and wonders are oftentimes happening in the church, not outside of it. And I would point out that when the apostles in the new, you know, in the book of Acts, when they're out... It's always happening outside, outside the, the, the the synagogue or it outside is. the teaching house, you know, house that they're that they're meeting in, um, with the exception of Paul, who preaches such a long message that he bores some poor kid to death, literally to death, as he falls out a <laughs> window, yeah. and then Paul has to still run outside the church and bring him back to life. But besides that, you know, that's kind of a, it's an exception to the rule. But besides, that, it's like you know, Jesus's, you know, the majority of his his miracles happen outside. It happened outside these these places, and so it's like. It's almost like he's not, it's not like, hey, God's people need to be infatuated with the signs and the wonders. God's people should be completely overwhelmed by the grace of God's forgiveness and mercy and and the kingdom of God coming in their life. It's everybody else who doesn't believe that needs these signs and wonders. So and I think what we need to go back to, we just, we're going through this Bible study at our church called Heroes of the Faith, and we're looking at some of the Old Testament characters and like, you know, not to see why we put to, to see why we put them on these pedestals, but all and but also to kind of bring them off the pedestal too. Say so they're still human. So we we just got done with Abraham, and with Abraham, you know, God called him out of his homeland. He did not perform any signs and wonders, and Abraham just said okay. And then you know God went to him to remind him of the promises and said, Abraham, I am your shield, your great reward. And and it says in that chapter. Abraham believed God and his credit to him as righteousness. And this is before, I mean, God showed him this land and said, yeah. your descendants will have this land, yeah. but you won't. Yeah. And and for Abraham, it was enough. God was enough. He yep. said, yeah, God is my great reward no matter what happens. Did he did he stumble in that? Yes, he did. He, you know, he got with um, Hagar and the whole Ishmael thing, all that stuff. That happened, yes. You know, they wavered in that. But overall, Abraham believed God and was credited to him as righteousness without any kind of signs and wonders. Yeah. Like God didn't really give him much. I mean, he protected him. He provided for him. All these things, yes. But Abraham still went through some hardships and struggles. And even God said, I want you to kill Isaac. I want you to sacrifice Isaac. Yeah. But Abraham trusted God so much that he's like, and Hebrews talks about it, it says Abraham trusted that somehow God would raise Isaac from the dead. Yeah. So I think that's what we have to, I think we need to, you know, sometimes we need to get back to Abraham and see what he did. And it's like, he didn't need the signs and wonders. He just said, I just need God. 
So speaking of putting people on a pedestal and <laughs> heroes of, of our faith that uh, a lot of people sometimes look up to, I feel that leads us into our, our next point of discussion, uh, which usually we don't drop two Twitter feeds on you in this one in one special, podcast, but this is a special, special day. Listen, listen, we're in the middle of a pandemic, people, mm-hmm. and, uh, and drastic times take drastic measures, and so we have two Twitter accounts yes, for do. you today. We have whatever that nonsense was from Copeland, but we have our favorites of uh, stuff, crazy stuff preachers say. Yes, so there was a, there's a video that's been going around of, of Stephen Furtick. And not really sure what he's referring to, um, but I'll, I mean, we're going to play this, and then we'll discuss. Yes. And again, when we do these, let's give a disclaimer. When we do these, we're not trying to tear people down, but we're also, on, on the other hand, we're try. Maybe we are. Um, <laughs> it's more. It's more it's the more Tanya just, Harding, Nancy Kerrigan yeah. thing. We're not trying to completely tear you down, but a little love tap to the knees might might help. It's just <laughs> hashtag too soon, but hashtag too soon. Um, I think what we we feel like it's it's a, a responsibility of ours because we have, we have our, our own faults and we we don't do things the right way and the correct way all the time. But when we hear stuff like this, I don't know about it for you, but for yeah. me, it, it actually does kind of pain me inside because I know there's it, so many people that listen. I to I can this. tell you this right now: mm. when I listen to things like Stephen Furtick. Like Nancy Kerrigan, I just want to cry out, why, why, why? I'm sorry, Nancy. Yeah, we're sorry. I don't mean so, I don't mean Nancy, here, if you're listening. If you're listening, <laughs> Nancy, if you're Shout listening, out to we're Nancy. really, 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 really sorry. So here is, um, here is Mr. Well, keep talking because I just lost it. Oh, here you oh, go. Here we I go. lived Joppa praying, and in a trance, I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came to where I was. And it came to where I was. Said I wasn't going to do it, but I lied. It came to where I was. It came to where I was. I didn't go to where it was. I was praying like God instructed me to in Joppa where he sent me, and it came to where I was. God said he's going to bring it to you if you make room for it. And I feel like somebody wants to shout, but you're scared because the person next to you is sitting there. But I give you permission. Somebody shout, God's going to bring it to me. God's going to bring it to me. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. Yeah. I love the organ. Yeah. Number one, uh, my first response to that is I totally need, I need a Kermit the Frog to be like in the first row. And suddenly the camera would cut to him. He'd be going, <laughs> yes, exactly. All the way crazy hands. So uh, here's, here's the thing. With, here's the problem with this. Oh, so the, many, the, there's so many problems. There are so many problems. The passage he's referring to in Acts 11, you know, when somebody was praying in Joppa, you know, I'm sure if you watch the whole clip, he'll say who was praying in Joppa. You know, we know that that clip is obviously taken out of an overall longer clip. Um, it is Peter praying, and Peter had this vision of a blanket being let down from heaven with all these unclean animals. And Jesus said, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said... I've never eaten anything unclean. And then Jesus said, don't call anything unclean that I've made clean. And the whole point of that was a rebuke of Peter's prejudice and racism towards Gentiles. Because Jesus was about to send somebody 
to Peter's house, these people to Peter's house that represented Cornelius. And Cornelius is a Gentile, and Cornelius was seeking God, and he just didn't know which direction to go. And so he was going to send Peter over there to Cornelius' house. So this has nothing to do with... I'm sorry, are you are you accusing Stephen Furtick of eisegesis? I am accusing him of some serious eisegesis. It's almost like, do you remember... Brittany, this would be before your time. Maybe you've heard it, depending on what kind of churches you rolled at growing okay. up. But okay. but my guess is it will it will be new to you the same way Kenneth Copeland was. Okay. You will most likely remember this. Probably. Because it was it was one of those songs in the eighties that we sang. Okay. Oh. You remember the song They Rush on the City, They Run on the Walls. Great is the army that carries out his word. And then we have the chorus of the Lord honors his voice before his oh, army. Okay. And and did you ever sing that? I, I don't know like if we ever sang you, you were a Baptist. I know. Um, we didn't sing those crazy Okay, so so we went through a period of time in the 80s. The line mid is they're 80s running through early, on the walls. What's that? The line is they're running on the walls. They rush on the city, they run on the walls. Great is the army that carries okay. out his word. And quick. it's it's yeah. from it's from a prophetic passage from one of the from you know from an Old Testament prophet, right? So it's it's from the scriptures. And it's one of these things that someone saw, they were deeply inspired by, they put it to some music. It was the 80s, uh, I, 85, 86, 87, somewhere right around in there. And it was pretty popular through the late 80s, early 90s. It kind of encapsulated that time where worship was also spiritual warfare. And so a lot of our songs were about spiritual warfare and the things that God promised that was mm-hmm. especially going to be carried out amongst the enemy uh, and amongst those who didn't believe, right? There's a lot of like, hey, uh, God's going to win. Um and I remember this song being, you know, very, very popular. And it was it was put to a catchy kind of Israeli tune. Because that was also very popular in the 80s. Was to oh, kind yeah, of have absolutely. Israeli kind of yeah. sounding music or Middle Eastern sounding music. Because we want to be authentic. In yes. Yeah. And so you had like with all these songs Israeli with groups. like, it was like weird, you know, Middle Eastern. We had our hand drums. Waltzes or, you know, something like that. Like it sounded like very German polka, but in minor keys. Ooh, that makes sense. Hey, it had exactly yeah. so long before Veggie Tales. It was long before <laughs> Veggie Tales. There was this song. Here's the problem: is the song is actually about the destruction of Israel, mm-hmm. and it's about an army that God would send to carry out punishment on God's people for sinning and for idol walking worship. in idol worship. Yeah, yeah, walking away from from their relationship and covenant relationship with God. And we sang it openly because it sounded really cool. Like we were the ones he was talking about, and we yeah. were the army carrying out his will. And and it turned out, no, this is actually totally rebuke on God's people, totally punishment. And I feel like this is where this is just a modern version of that. Furtick yeah. is like, here, let me grab this thing that in the scriptures is a rebuke of Peter's prejudice and racism and honestly. Kind of a Jonah mentality of like, I'll go here, but I'm not going to go there. Yeah. I, I think, though, just like that song, we have to step back from, you know, all the theological, you know, critical issues there and just recognize his talent. This man <laughs> could read the Bill of Rights. This man could read the Communist that's a, Manifesto. That's a good point. And people would be yelling from the crowd. Well, well they would only be yelling once. Yeah. They would be yelling once he gave them permission to do so. The Lord of the so. Flies could be dramatically read, just, and you'd have people Lord confessing. <laughs> I'm sorry, but this man. I. The point is, Did he I don't you? think you he even shout, knows the you? words he's saying, and that's beautiful to me. That he can put so much emotion into anything and just convey that so clearly. So uh, just apart from, you know, 
critical theological issues. That I think has to be, I mean, for televangelism, that's always kind of been a side you know, thought anyway. <laughs> so I feel like we need to recognize. If we get to the theology, we'll get to it. If not, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Those little doctrinal I mean, things, I yeah. hate when they get in my way. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, regardless of what he's saying, it sounds good. And I think that's the main takeaway here. I think you're absolutely dead <laughs> on. I think it's one of the reasons why Elevation is one of the fastest growing churches <laughs> yeah. right now is they basically have a hype man. They have a hype yeah. man, and and it's and it's working. And here's the thing: you know his Instagram feed is fire too. Oh, you know he's a very influencer type. Person. Oh, he, he totally is. Yeah. Uh, in fact, he actually makes what is it? Uh, preacher shoes. Oh, preachers and sneakers. Preachers and sneakers. Ooh, he's okay. on preachers and sneakers I'm a lot. Already for it. Um, that is preachers because, and sneakers. Because his Current. his sneakers are quite fly. Yeah, they are. So and quite expensive. And quite expensive. The. Yes, I think there's actually a huge amount to be said there because he is a hype man. And here's our takeaway on that on one hand is thankfully God is bigger, right? And so I know that there are people who genuinely experience the grace and love of Christ and find huge uh, huge growth in discipleship yeah. and spirituality uh, despite the fact that sometimes their preacher speaks more out of his emotion and gets a little bit more into his carried awayness. Uh, like I said, I was just really, really disappointed that he didn't drop into eight mile, uh, to finish off oh, the speech. I just felt like he really needed to, yeah, he really to lose himself in the there. moment. But, um, <laughs> I'm just saying, well, I, I guess, you know, when I hear clips like that, I just, it, it just pains me because there's so many people that are listening to that mm. and they just buy into it. And I just think it's such you know, I, I do agree with you. Like he does have this way and this passionate way of delivering something. And if he would just stick to the gospel, yes. imagine what yeah. God would do, you know, yes. God could do. And, but also I think if he stuck with the gospel, his church may drop in attendance and, too. And you know? I would, I, I I'll say this, I, you know, like I said, having lived in North Carolina, having, uh, we had, we had an elevation, uh, that, that moved to Asheville that, that started in Asheville. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've watched Elevation very closely over the past, you know, 10, 15 years or so, whatever it's been. Um, and I will say, they don't scare me as much as some. Yeah. Right? Like, so in general, <laughs> yeah. I find most of their teaching is fairly sound. They they tend to be, like, if, if there was going to be a kind of a criticism I would level, it's that they, they tend to kind of do the um, the self-help memeable messages. Yeah. You know, the but, tweetable message. But yeah, the tweetable stuff. But in general, you know, most of their stuff's actually fairly sound. You occasionally you get moments like these where you're like, oh, verdict's added again. Um, you know, there's some doctrinal stuff I would differ with them, but I would Sure. Without it being like I wouldn't be like, oh well, they're outside. You know, so so again, like they're he's no Copeland. No. He's no, he's no Copeland. No, he is no uh, Copeland. You know, his hands and, are dry. And frankly, you know, I, like I look in, you know, there's a lot of people who kind of push Bethel, Elevation, and Hillsong kind of into the same thing. And I would say there, there's a lot of shared relationship there, but they are quite different in mm -hmm. each one of their own yeah. own existence. So, which is a discussion we'll have to have at a different day because yeah. that was another question that was going around a lot of church circles the past few weeks. Of, uh, I don't know if you saw them, but it was like, what's up with Bethel, Elevation, and Hillsong? And should we never touch their music because sometimes yeah. they're crazy? Yeah. Um, Yep. I would just point out that sometimes I'm crazy and yeah. people sometimes. like me. Sometimes. Most of the time. Good, good point. Uh, I, I stand rebuked unless yeah. I don't. Maybe that's just God meeting me where I am. Yeah. Okay, so I think, okay, <laughs> I think, you know, kind of bringing us back to our 
why we you know, to the beginning of this podcast. Um, how did the church? How should the church respond to you know the coronavirus outbreak and things like that? Again, I'll come back to my comment about balance. I think every, we should have a balance to everything. Do we believe that God can heal? Absolutely. Are we going to go pendulum swinging towards Kenneth Copeland and his wet hands? No. Why were they wet? I don't know. <laughs> but I also think that on the other side, the other balance point of this is we do have to do due diligence. We have to be concerned about people who are afraid, who are overcome by fear and anxiety about this. And we can't just be like, you know what? Uh, forget the coronavirus. You know, we're going to meet together. It, we don't care what our town says. Right. I think that's irresponsible because like, um, I just think that we need to be conscientious of that. We need to be concerned about people and we need to be, um, you know, thinking about people who are elderly in our churches because yeah, we may not feel sick, but that doesn't mean we, we may be carrying it. Right. And we could pass it to somebody. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about my, my trip to Arkansas next week. I'm supposed to go see my aunt who's turning 90. I don't know if I'll, I'm kind of debating if I should cancel that because. Because you're going to Arkansas. That That's one thing. But <laughs> but it's a, I'm, I li- we live in a hotbed of the yeah. coronavirus right now. Yeah. I don't want to carry something to my aunt who's 90. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I have to think about it. So there's a part where, you know, we were talking, uh, our staff was talking about this yesterday, right? And, we, you know, we were kind of pointing out that the history of the church, the historical stance of the church has often been when great pandemics, uh, epidemics, you know, huge illnesses have swept through areas, you know, that oftentimes cause people to flee, to isolate. The church has actually been the one that stays, that's, stays. that's provided care, that's provided yeah. um, compassionate care. I read that post on Facebook. That was good. That yeah. Was good. And it's like, you know, it's, here's, here's the thing about that is, is there's a difference between saying, Hey, our church is going to stay. We're going to stay open. We're going to stay moving. We're going to stay ministering. We're not because, because we're not going to give in to fear. But we are going to be compassionate, and we're going to be caring, and we're going to be discerning, and we're going to be wise, both in how we handle our congregations, but also in how our community sees us. I feel like there's a lot of churches that forget um, that you don't actually just exist for you. Yeah, you exist. That you exist for your community, in your community, that God has placed you in a community for a reason, and that part of that existing in a community and being part of the fabric of a community is having the trust of a community, having having the heart of a community, that you are a person of peace in your community. And one of the things that I think you know a lot of churches forget is that when you get up and you rant and you rave and you shake your fist and you're like, we're not going to do this because of this and this and this and mainstream that and political that, you lose a lot of that trust. You lose that sense of unitedness. It's, it tells me something if every other organization or center of your community says, hey, we're going to close down for safety, and you go, we're going to stay open. Yeah. You're, you're not being wise. You're not being sensitive. You're not being aware. Frankly, you're not being a person of peace is what I would actually yeah. comment on. And yeah. I think in this time where the devil is trying to give us all the flu, we have, <laughs> we have such a unique call to our communities as well. This is how well. she rolls. I know, <laughs> okay. it just comes out. I had out. an actual point Ryan, there. Ryan's meeting Brittany the for the first time here, and he doesn't realize the smoothness with which she can just and, drop and that stuff. So, but I had an actual point yes, there. Yes, go like, for it, sorry. The church is more than just, you know, this group of people meeting every Sunday in a building. Thank like, you. our neighbors are now going to be home. 
Your neighbor may be out of toilet paper. Listen, this is a time of need where we are around people that we can care for. Correct. Yes. And if your I church isn't delivering groceries, right? Like you know what I mean? Like open a grocery store. Be like, hey, we aren't able to meet this Sunday. We will be yeah. happy to deliver groceries for the next four days. Like watch, why not do watch that? Watch someone's kids that they're going to be working <laughs> from home now. Like do. There are so many more opportunities. In this world, we're so fragmented, even just within our neighborhoods right now, because everyone's all over the place. And this, of all times, is a really good time to realize, okay, well, you can be a good neighbor. You can be an example of what it looks like to serve within your community, even when it's inconvenient for you. And we're not going to get that opportunity a lot. And I think, especially the church, should be taking advantage of that call out of fear and into service, rather than just you know, being bullish about continuing to meet as a group of people in a confined space. And and here's the thing about that is, you know, we play clips from Copeland who is not in this area and, you know, we'll never connect with. Are you sure? I feel like the spirit of Copeland I know. It does feel like it will reach through Twitter and just (laughs) grab you. His his glistening hand will grab your soul. Uh, But Copeland's not around here, right? Furtick isn't in this area. No. But but we are. And the churches that we talk to right now, the churches that we see right now, are wrestling with this. What is the best thing? Because a lot of them don't want to be seen to be kind of giving into, frankly, politics. And that's what a lot of this goes with, right? Is they feel that if they if they close their services or they don't do this, that they're somehow giving into a political, you know, spectrum. And it's like this has nothing to do with politics and has everything to do with being the church that God's called and created you to be and positioned you in your community to be. So we got to wrap up for today. That's my charge and challenge is go be the church, be a person of peace, do it in a cautious, socially distant manner if you have to, but do it in a way that that allows your community to build trust and relationship with you and doesn't hack everyone off and don't hack on them. Yes. What are your thoughts? Closing yeah. thoughts, closing remarks, people. <laughs> yeah, I think we just need as the church to be real. Just be people to other people because yeah. the church is not a building. We're a people, just like Brittany was saying. You know, it's it's we're we're a people to be. We're human beings to other human beings. That's what we need to be yeah. in this time. In times of like a, a, a quote unquote crisis, that's what the church is. That's what we should be. So agreed, Brittany. You get to you get to sum it up for us today. Yes. What are your last as our first time guest? You get to be the closing the wow. closing voice. Um. Don't be stupid. Stay safe. Take necessary precautions. But also, don't miss out on the opportunities you have to be community right now um, in a way that is unique. We're not often uh, quarantined or sectioned off as a society with the people that are our literal neighbors. And I think as this becomes more of a thing, we're going to need to get closer with those that we live near. So be a good example and serve and that's it. Thank you all for listening today to The Wheat and the Chaff. That's right. Good Uh, words, everyone. Tune in in two weeks for full corona symptoms. That's right. Our our next week update on the coronavirus. Or just have some faith and don't let the devil give you the flu. Yeah, we'll those call, are my five. Maybe we should just call this the wheat and the chaff mask. I mean, it just could be like a. <laughs> we could. We could just change just the name, or at least our logo needs to have like a little mask. a little mask right over. Anyway, hey, we'll catch you all next week. Talk to you later. See ya. <laughs>